if you're batshit passionate about what you want to do, then you just got to start. You just have to start and trip and fall and get back up and keep going. And before you know it, you own a company with stickers and t-shirts and flags, you know, or a podcast or a book. Welcome back to the Live a Great Story podcast, a weekly show focused on inspiring you to live your own great story. Each episode touches on universal themes ranging from crazy adventures to overcoming adversity, making a positive impact, changing your life's course, and more important lessons that will help inspire your journey. I'm Zach Horvath, founder of Live a Great Story, and since 2014, I've been on a mission of inspiring and connecting people through stories. What started with some spray-painted street art has now grown into a worldwide movement. We are all on our own journey. No matter where we came from, what language we speak, the color of our skin, or anything that seemingly makes us different, in the end, we are all just humans living our own story. And it's up to you to be the hero of your story, which inspires other people to do the same. This podcast is all about inspiring you and your journey. If you resonate with this episode, please share it with someone who needs some inspiration too. And if you want a reminder to keep living your own great story, head to liveagreatstory.com to buy some inspiring apparel or accessories and for more stories from people just like you. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Live a Great Story podcast. I'm stoked today to have one of our new ambassadors, uh, Brian Parker, joining me. And this is actually the first time we've got to talk. Just read his introduction into the Live a Great Story ambassador team and was really excited about what he was talking about and kind of his history with the book and his service. And so was like, Hey, Brian, let's hop on a call and get to know each other. I want to hear more about what you're doing. So welcome, Brian. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. This is really cool. So yeah, you recently applied and became a Live a Great Story ambassador. And so, and I see the flag hanging there over your shoulder. So well, give us a quick uh, introduction. What's your story? Sure. So uh, I'm here in Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. And I learned pretty early on that I wanted to be a police officer. And so I was fortunate to have worked both at the Pima County Sheriff's Department and the city of Tucson. And during my 21 years, it occurred to me after talking with some of my uh, veteran buddies that, um, you know, every single one of them says, I wish I would have gone home at the end of the day and just written down a sentence, just something that would help jog my memory because we're involved in and part of a lot of extraordinary experiences. And so one day I was sitting on a surveillance, mind numbing, you know, looking through binoculars for 10 hours a day. And I, I looked over and there was a notepad and a pen and I just grabbed it and I started writing down some of my more extraordinary experiences. And at the time I had been a cop for four years. And I figured at some point, my kids who were just two years old and newborn at the time would want to know why I was such a helicopter parent their whole lives. And you know, why I was such a jerk. And so, um, I just kept this thing going from about 2001 until in 2010, it occurred to me that, uh, I had promoted to being a supervisor and now I'm not the Johnny on the spot guy that's doing the chest compressions and arresting bad guys. I really was kind of showing up after the fact and directing my officers to do some of those things. And it actually was a relief to me 
that that was the end of it because then I was like, you know what? It's not going to be the whole 20 year career. I'll just make it about this time frame of why I picked law enforcement and then some of the cool things that I was a part of. So I was keeping this journal and friends and family were looking at it, you know, and it was just a hobby of mine. And, um, a lot of them really recommended and suggested to me to publish it. So I went through Amazon and I did that. The name of the book is my rookie memoir, a father's legacy. And that's what it was all about. I think if I had started off to write a book, I never would have done it. But because my kids were the motivation, that's what kept me coming back. And so I published the book. My babies were still too young to read it because it had some language and some situations in there. But when they turned 13, each of them, I gave them their own copy and a little note inside saying, I'm very proud of you. You're going to do great things. And um, when I retired in 2019, one of my best friends, who's not a cop, told me that I should write a second book, but that I should invite my friends over and have them tell me their craziest, saddest adrenaline dump stories. And, um, you know, that took me eight years of just to do my own. And I, I, I can't even imagine how much work that would be. But when I retired from the city and I started working my second career now, which I won't say the name, uh, protect the innocent, but I would listen to podcasts driving back and forth from Tucson to Phoenix. And it occurred to me that, you know, this might be the mechanism that I can have my friends create their own legacies because my friends are not going to sit down and write a book like I did. And so it occurred to me, then I don't even have to try and make it compelling because they'll just come over and they'll say it in their own words. And then, as I like to say, it'll go on the interwebs and it'll be there forever. And any of their family and friends that want to tune in and because it's all pre-recorded, you know, but anybody that wants to tune in and listen to what my guests did over their careers, they can do that. And it'll be there. Like I said, it'll be there forever. So, um, I, trying to overcome some of this technical stuff like we're doing right now really did postpone me getting started with choir practice. The reason I called my podcast choir practice is because if you and I were cops together and we were working and somebody says, Hey, we're going to have choir practice after work. That means that we're all going to get together, maybe start a bonfire and drink some drinks and tell war stories. And so when I tell my cop buddies that I was doing this and I, that I was naming it choir practice, they're like, that's perfect. That's awesome. You know? So, um, I started it last year in October and I just celebrated the one year anniversary. I had a bunch, I invited every single guest, but I had just over half of my guests and their significant others come to this one year anniversary party. And I had the little, my name is, and I had their episode number on there, but it was 46 episodes that first year. Cause I put out a new episode every Wednesday, which is a lot. Uh, I'm the only person I'm the, I'm the host, I'm the producer, I'm the blah, you know, whatever you want to call it. So yeah. And that's just been my goal. And so I try and keep new guests coming through the door. I pre-record and then I'll send it to them so they can preview it make sure that they're comfortable with the content, um, that they didn't say anything they might be embarrassed about. And, um, if they do have any recommendation recommendations, I'll edit it. And then, um, yeah, I just send it off to my podcast host and then they make it available through their website, through, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And it's, uh, it's amazing. Many of these people I know, and I worked with them directly. And then some folks are recommended to me or suggested to me, and I don't meet them until they walk through the front door of my 
my house studio, you know, but after about five minutes of chatting with them, it's almost like we worked our entire careers together because of similar shared experience. And so it's been a blast for me. It's like drinking 10 cups of coffee. Is what it's like. But as I said in my little, you know, my little letter to you about becoming an ambassador, I would say, I would argue that every single one of the men and women who, who I have on my show absolutely lived a great story. And that's why when I saw, I just, I think I saw an ad through social media and I knew, I was like, that's exactly what I'm talking about, you know, is these folks who lived a great story and did some extraordinary things. And so I hang the flag there so they can see it. And then I have a notepad and it's got the sticker on there. And what I do is every single guest who comes over, I set that notepad in front of them so they can use it as like scratch paper. But then also, um, before they leave, I have them just leave me a note. And I always tell them every single one of them, I said, you know, when I'm done with the podcast and it's over, I'll probably cherish the notepad more than the fact that I did the podcast because I'll have all these personal messages from all of my friends. So that's me in a nutshell. And that was how long did I just talk? <laughs> I mean, you nailed it all. Yeah, that's a, a very comprehensive overview. So yeah, thanks for thanks for the backstory. And it's, I mean, it's really cool to, there's a lot of elements to that that I'd like to, I kind of learn more about. And, but I think that it's, you know, props to you for being kind of that outlet for people to share, right? Because you said that a lot of people probably wouldn't have the time to sit down and write a book or, you know, even journal right. or do all of the things that, you know, to be able to capture their story, but you're kind of this, you know, microphone for other people to, you know, other very similar, you know, you, you have that relatability, you've been there, you're doing a lot of the same things. And so to be able to share that and be able to provide that for them, such a gift for, for other officers and public servants. And then, you know, I'm sure that, they super appreciate that being able to share that with their friends or their family and being like, you know, here's, you know, here's what I do. Here's kind of like a behind the scenes of, of my journey. And uh, hopefully it gives them, you know, uh, or their, their loved ones and friends more of an insight into who they are. You know, what I find curious is a lot of them go through what I experienced before I put out my first episode, but also when I sent off a manuscript, my journal, to Amazon, they created two different book covers, and I chose the one that I liked. And then once I got permission from my chief of police, because he wanted to make sure I wasn't going to embarrass the department, but once I got permission, I sent back to Amazon, yes, this looks great. This is what I want. Let's do it. And at that moment, when I hit send, I really felt like, I say this in the podcast, I felt like I was standing on a stage in my underwear because I was very, very personal and explaining to my children, you know, I went to this call, I went to this call, this happened, this happened. And so where I felt like I was probably being extremely vulnerable to explain to my kids, I knew that all my friends and family were going to have an opportunity to see those things. And so just about every single guest about the, the weekend before their show comes out, I'll get a text or a phone call and they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, dude, it's great. And I, and quite honestly, I think what my listeners and and what a lot of my readers appreciated the most were the parts where I was being completely honest and open. You know, those were the parts that were the most difficult. And so it's kind of a weird thing to have 
police officers or firefighters or military or border patrol or whoever come over and say, hey, dude, be vulnerable. They're going to love it. You know, that's just not what public servants do. But it's been uh, it's been rewarding. It's been very, very rewarding. It's exciting. It's fun. You get to kind of relive the moments, get the adrenaline again. But absolutely, I love the feedback and I'm hoping for more. I think people just will throw a thumbs up on social media, but I don't get a lot of uh, feedback. And, you know, some episodes seem to do better than others. And I don't know what the secret sauce is there. I don't know if maybe they just have such a huge extended family, (laughs) you know, that they get way more downloads than other episodes. But, um, yeah, because I'd love to find the magic and then recreate that every week. And it's just, you know, people's different personalities and and different stories and and that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, some episodes do really well. Some episodes, you know, not so much. But just this last week, I'm very, very excited because, it's like uh, stepping on a scale in the morning when you look at your weight. You know, I was like, every morning I'm always looking at the download numbers, and I just went over 14,000 downloads, which is cool uh, for a guy that sits in his front office and feels like the only people that are going to listen is me, my guests, and maybe our wives, you know. So it's pretty exciting. Dude, 14,000 and a year in. That's awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I guess there's so many elements that go into a podcast and really with anything, there's actual like production of creating a product, whatever that is. And then there's, that's so much that goes on behind the scenes and so much work and there's the art and the science of that. And then it's ready to release. And then you're like, how do I promote this? What is the strategy for getting this out there and for getting it heard and for getting it into the right people's hands. And so I think, you know, that's, that's always a tricky one. And then sometimes it just hits and, and you don't know how it hits and what created that, but it kind of, some of them run away and some of them just kind of maybe founder a little bit. Right. Well, and you know, I, I, uh, I always joked around, I said, writing a book was not easy, but promoting the book is, it feels like being a used car salesman, you know? And so I really do rely on, and you know, I have some shirts that I had made for all all of my guests because I figure, first of all, I don't want them to come over, share with me and then leave empty handed. Secondly, hopefully they'll wear the shirt and other people will see it. And then it'll help give me a little bit of exposure. And then, you know, it's, I think a lot of it really is word of mouth, honestly, you know? So I think that's where a lot of that comes from. And I don't know how you do it. You can probably appreciate a lot of what I'm saying because it's just, you create something, you hope that people tune in or pay attention and and then it's it's your little thing that you created and it's out there. I just had an idea maybe that could be Uh-oh. cool. I'm an ideas <laughs> person, so I you know, uh and sometimes ideas are ideas are a dime a dozen, but then it's all in the execution, right? But you know, so much of this, like you talk about the the you know, your guests come in and they they feel you feel at home with them because you have similar backgrounds and that commonality and maybe you could, you know, now that you have a hundred episodes or a hundred, you have one year of doing it. Maybe you could like host like an actual live event. I don't know if you thought about doing that and then inviting all your guests back and then they invite a friend or two and you can actually like bring all those people together. So you have the paramedics and the police and you know, whoever else are in your audience and then you know it's, it's it's more of the community it's a lot of like-mindedness and then it's you, you know you're kind of like the hub spoke that can connect all these people you know i i have considered it only because one of the podcasts that i listen to pretty regularly did 
something like that. For my one-year celebration, I, like I said, I invited all of the guests and their plus ones. And we just met at a barbecue restaurant here in town. And everybody just hung out for a couple hours. It was like a happy hour, meet and greet, kind of a social hour thing. And so that was really cool. Um, when you talk about having a live event, that makes me start to sweat. <laughs> Cause I just don't know how to do that stuff. You know what I mean? Like I love the fact that all of my stuff is pre-recorded and I usually will stack a couple of weeks up and that way I have time to tinker and play with it. Cause I mean, my current job, I'm already working 45 hours out the gate and that's as long as nothing cool happens. And so the podcasting really does happen on the weekends or in spare time, or I'll take some time away from work. And like, I think with this holiday weekend, I took three days off next week and I'm just stacking up interviews because I know the holidays are coming and, um, I don't want to have a Wednesday pop up that doesn't have an episode. And so I try and stack up about a month or so. And that way I, I feel like I can relax a little bit and find my next victim is what I like to say. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you're, you're doing it and as you keep doing it, things come up and, yeah. You know, they like that's what's cool about taking action on your dreams or goals. You know, you take a risk, you try some things, and then you walk a little further, you see a little further, you try something else, and you just kind of keep going. And who knows where that path takes you? Well, and I always think to myself because this is how it used to be when I was on the police department: is they'd give us a new computer program or some new policy change, and and kind of like with this, I was like, I can't wait for the time when I look back and wonder what was I so stressed about, you know, where everything's just flowing and everything's easy and I can edit and I can do all these things. And I'm not quite there yet. I would love to have two guests on. I just got to get another microphone and then figure out how not to talk over the top of each other for a couple of hours. So, yeah. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the book process. So you, what was that like and, and how did you actually start doing it? And what, what was that journey? So, I mean, I literally, you know, I was sitting there with my notepad writing furiously, my hands cramping up. And at some point I realized I should probably go back and type this so that I can keep it somewhere a little more permanent. And it really was, you know, just, I would sit down with a friend and they would tell a crazy story, which would remind me of a memory. And I'd put that in my journal. And then it really was a cool hobby and I enjoyed it. And I was always reworking it, making it sound better, reading books on how to write better so that it flowed and, and, you know, and it made sense. And then one of the books that I read was talking about, if you ever get stuck, you should go back and try and tell backstory, kind of like prologues, you know, like what got your character to the point where you started recounting these memories. And I was like, ah, you know what? That kind of makes sense to me. I think I'll go back and I'll talk about my childhood growing up and then how I selected law enforcement. And then some of the jobs that I did that were stepping stone jobs on my way to being a street, a street cop. And so now with the podcast, I actually have a list of about 15 to 17 prompts. I think it's 18 now because I keep thinking of more and I send those to my guests like a couple of weeks in advance of them coming over so they can already kind of get their wheels turning. Cause I would hate for somebody to come over here and I'd say, Hey, what's the best compliment you ever got? And they'd be like, uh, I'm gonna have to edit that out. You know, <laughs> I mean, how much dead space can you take, you know? And so I want them to already have an idea. And some people will come over with copious notes, you know, but, um, to get back to your question, but the book. So as I'm showing this to friends and family, I was getting a lot of really good feedback and it wasn't my intent to make it into a book. It was just a journal, 
But cops notoriously, and probably firefighters and paramedics and doctors and nurses, when I would go to social events, Christmas parties, you know, whatever, there would always be a little group, you know, they're like, hey, tell us what happened at work this week. Well, so-and-so got shot or this guy's arm flew off or, you know, whatever, just crazy stories. And a friend of mine said, hey, you know what? Amazon owns a lot of subsidiary companies, one of which used to be called CreateSpace. Now it's called Kindle Direct Publishing. So if you make movies, you can send them all your video, they'll refine it for you and they'll put it out. If you make music, if you have a band, they will take all of your stuff, put it on a CD and put it out. And also with written work. And so I just sent my journal to them and then they said, okay, what, I mean, down to the font, like what kind of font do you want? What little marks do you want between the chapters? And then what kind of ideas would you do you think of when you think of your book cover? And so I was like, uh, a gun, a badge, red and blue lights, crime scene tape. And they put all, all of those things basically all kind of washed in, you know, on the book cover. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, and then I paid them a healthy sum. And once I paid them the money, then the book went live on Amazon and about a year later, I paid a little bit extra and I had them also convert it into an ebook so that people could read it on their Kindles. And uh, it doesn't go in bookshelves and stores. What it does is it it's on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and then on Kindle. And that's it. So any other legwork, any of the other, like I don't have an agent, none of that stuff. And then I was like a used car salesman just out there like, hey, did you hear that I wrote a book? You should check it out. This is where you can find it. And yeah, I mean, that's it. I, I think I made my money back. <laughs> I'm not going to be like New York Times bestseller, but because that's what kind of got me started on the podcast. That's always my sponsor. I usually will mention at the beginning of an episode, hey, this episode is brought to you by my book. Blah, blah, blah. Here's where you can find it. And if you buy it, leave me a review, please. You know, but yeah, I mean, they, they really do make it very simple. They were very responsive. I'm not trying to do an ad, an ad for, <laughs> for Amazon. But, you know, I farmed it. I farmed the book and the idea to a local publisher here in town. And they're like, that sounds like a really good idea. Good luck with that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, and I've got several friends, friends that I've met since then who have all used that same Kindle Direct Publishing to publish their books. And you don't go through a lot of that rigmarole of trying to find an agent, trying to get somebody to do the media and that kind of stuff. But then you don't have somebody doing all the media and, and all of that, you know, commercials and things like the ads. So yeah, double-edged sword kind of, you know, but, uh, yeah, overall, like I said, I just really wanted to make my money back, <laughs> you know, and once I, if I break even boom, win-win, you know, I'm like, so, uh, and now my friends and family and my kids have their own copies. My wife has her own copy and it was a bucket list thing that I, I never dreamed of, but once it became a reality, it's something I'm very, very proud of because not a lot of my friends have done that. And so, yeah. Now you're an author. It. Yeah. Which sounds really weird um, to say, but yeah. One thing I'm really interested about recently is how like there's your career maybe and how you support yourself and your financial stability and kind of there's that. And then there's a lot, of, I think right now in there's a there's an opportunity I think because a lot of people it's like for a, you know a lot of the history of the world you had to like make your money and do the thing and and 
you know, that was it, right? And you couldn't really like have a side ho- hobby or anything, right? right? Or like you did it on the side, but it wasn't, it wasn't outwardly facing necessarily. Yeah. And so, and then now there's, I think there's a cool balance in the world because technology has become so much more accessible. Your Amazon publishing, the podcast technology, everything has become so much more accessible that it's way easier for almost anybody to have their career and their main stable, you know, focus that's going to provide for them. But then you can have this side project that energizes you and adds, you know, a different element to your life. It's the, it's more of the creative stimulation. It's maybe the social side where you're meeting people. It's some sort of outlet that is, you know, complementary to your career. And I think it's great that you found that and that it's able to kind of add more into your life that, you know, you wouldn't be able to necessarily find from your job. And uh, you kind of like stumbled into it, but you chased that. You had kind of an inkling of that, but then, you know, you, you pursued it. And so what, what do you think would like, what kind of advice would you give somebody? Cause you were like, I don't know, I don't want to write a book, but you kind of just started. What would you tell someone who's kind of in a similar situation? You know, I had a lot of my cop friends say, yeah, I thought about writing a book. Well, just do it. The only way to get better at something is to actually just start doing it. So some people are like, yeah, I thought about it, but then what I wrote and it looks like trash and I, you know, blah. But I think part of it for me is that had mine been fiction, I've tried to write fiction a couple of times since and I lose interest very quickly or, you know, probably because I'm already working full time and I have the podcast. But uh, even with this, you know, I wanted to do this since I retired back in 2019 but I just was dragging my feet because it was going to require me to spend a lot of time on YouTube trying to figure out my sound quality and echo and and what do I need to do? Because if something doesn't sound good, people aren't going to listen, you know? So it's like your volume can't be much different than my volume because they're going to turn it up to hear you and then I'm going to make their eardrums bleed, you know? Um, so a lot of those things I would look in here and I'd see my equipment sit on the table and then I'd just turn around and go the other way. And It's sad to say, I guess, I mean, part of what inspired me is I had several of my cop buddies pass away and I thought to myself, you know what, you just need to stop feeling sorry for yourself and just go in there and figure it out. So maybe it won't be perfect when you first get started, but you'll figure it out and it'll get better. And hopefully you'll be able to drag people along until it gets good, you know, but fortunately for me too, is like some podcasts or YouTube creators or TikTok or whatever you want to call it. My older brother said he thought about making a YouTube channel, but he's got a couple of ideas. And after those two or three ideas, he's then what's he going to do? What content, you know, unfortunately for me, the content already exists. I don't set a time limit on my podcast, which again, made me a little nervous, but the thing is, and it was actually my wife and I think my daughter were telling me, look, you're not doing a three hour podcast or a one hour, you know, radio talk show in the morning. What you're doing is you're providing a platform where your friends can come over and give you like an oral history of their professional working lives in public service. And that kind of set me at ease. Cause I've got, I've got episodes that are two hours. My longest episode to date is four hours and 41 minutes. But because of the content, when I was sitting across the table from that gentleman, it felt like I was there an hour and a half. And everyone who's listened to that episode, since like that episode actually has the most downloads, second to my very first episode where I just explained why I did this, 
But yeah, his episode has the most downloads and it's intense. I mean, he was involved in two shootings. He got stabbed. I mean, he did a lot of cool things and he was kind of a, a character anyway. He had a cool personality. And so, yeah, I mean, that just the time just flew and it didn't feel like he had been here for that long until I walked him out of my house and he came over at nine o'clock, nine thirty, and he was leaving at like three thirty. And not all of that is recording time because we'll, we'll get to know each other. I didn't know him before he walked through the door and we had to get to know each other. But yeah, going back to your question, <laughs> I really feel like sometimes you just got to step out and just start. And that really is the difference. You know, I had a lot of my friends like, you wrote a book while you're working full time and you had kids that were doing sports and you had this and you had this and you had this. And I guess if you're doing something that you love, it doesn't really feel like work. It, it feels like a hobby. It feels like something that you enjoy doing when you're not working, you know? And so, um, yeah, I guess if you're, uh, I don't know if we can cuss or not, but if you're batshit passionate about what you want to do, then you just got to start. You just have to start and trip and fall and get back up and keep going. And before you know it, you own a company with stickers and t-shirts and flags, you know, or a podcast or a book. The keep going part, there's the starting part and there's the keep going part. And both those are really crucial because there's the momentum, but then you hit something and inevitably something goes wrong and you reach some obstacles and the going gets tough. And that's part of it for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like when you start to, when the, when the downloads start to slow down or that, you know, or you don't find a guest and you're struggling because you won't have an episode next week. Um, that's when I sit there and start sweating, you know, and part of it is too, is like, and a lot of my guests, they're like, who even wants to hear what I have to say? Why does anybody want to buy my sticker? Like why it almost feels a little narcissistic to a degree because you're taking the chance you're, you're taking the risk. But I think that there's a lot of people who relate for whatever reason. I mean, the slogan is so awesome. It, could mean so many different things depending on who's reading it and who decides to take the sticker or the flag. You know, a lot of my guests, I had a lady on that was a, um, a crime scene technician, but she's also a cancer survivor. And I see some of those stories come through, you know, your feed on my social media. And when I hear of a friend, like I have a guy coming over Saturday who I've never met before, but he was a, a sheriff here in, in the County and he battled cancer, went into remission and then he retired and now just recently found out he has cancer again and it's way worse. And so for me, I'm, there's some urgency there to have him on before I can't. And so, yeah, no, the slogan's cool. It does feel a little narcissistic, you know, <laughs> a little bit of self-importance, but it's so enjoyable and, and I love it. And, uh, and I'll keep doing it until it's not fun anymore, I guess, or until Spotify wants to offer me a hundred million dollars for my podcast, you know? <laughs> then I can Who knows where it goes, yeah. Right? Then I can just quit what I'm doing and just podcast full time, you know. After a day like that one where he came over at nine thirty and left at almost four o'clock, I was like, I really need to find a way to get paid doing this because this is a lot and it feels like work sometimes. Yeah. I had that same feeling of just multiple shots of coffee. I mean, it's like last week I did two like back to back episodes, different people. Oh wow. And uh, they were supposed to have some time in between but the guy messaged me and was like, hey, can we bump it up? And, I'll, and, and I got off the first one like so high and I was like, let's yeah. go and run it back. Right. And uh. you know, the second <laughs> one was just as good. Yeah. And so 
It's, uh, yeah, I get it. Oh, I couldn't do that. Well, I probably could, honestly. Uh, Yours are a little different, so yeah. it makes sense. Well, and I have to be careful. Like, I will podcast on an every other week basis because on the off weekends, then I have to spend time with the family and the wife or else, you know, I don't, I want to podcast, but I don't want to be divorced. And so, um, you know, I try and figure it out the a balance. Um, this week I'm actually, I took time off and I'm packing them in because again, I know the holidays are coming and I, I know once it gets closer to Christmas, I'm not gonna, it's going to be hard to get people to come over. So if I can get enough interviews tucked away to get me through January to January, then uh, I'll be doing good. That's it. the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> and it's cool. You do them all in person too. Yeah. You know, I've had some of my, and again, that's another layer of, of technicalness, if that's even a word that makes me sweat to do it by phone or to by zoom or whatever this is river FM, you know, um, I don't know how I'd get it so that I can record it and then move it to my computer and edit it. And I think there's a lot lost because I mean, I, I sit about two and a half feet away from my guest and we, you know, we hang out. And so I think a little bit of that element, uh, would be lost but I also understand that it will ex- greatly expand the possibilities if I could talk to people remotely. This is pretty nice. I've been on Zoom before, and you still talk over people on Zoom. But this is uh, this has not been bad at all. So hmm, there's maybe a possibility there. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be either or. It could be you know, you can. I'm sure other people are listening to these in other states and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, as soon as you get connected with someone or you do an episode and you ask, Hey man, if anybody else wants to hop on from another city or state, let me know. And if people reach out, it's a lot easier, I think, to ramp up kind of a digital version of this than it is maybe in person or a little bit different, but same. Um, and then it could lead to another cool thing. I'm, I'm working on, I mean, I, this is a lot of the Living Great Story audience is uh, obviously in different cities and states, so a lot of people far away. So I don't really have too many people in Austin that I want to interview right now. Well, I mean, I definitely do, but um, a lot of the stories that I'm focused on in the beginning are more nationwide. But definitely the in-person element is something I'm really looking at. I think the reason I recommended the live interviews or something like that, I've been parts of I've hosted stuff like that or you know attended things like that and it's definitely like a really cool thing because you know you could do you know hear someone else's story live in person you know maybe it's not two hours but maybe it's a 45 minute talk and then you break out socialize maybe another person comes on you could do two back-to-back uh, different themes different you know branches of service or something and uh, just create an experience like that and so those are Definitely some of the things that I'm looking to do and, and really creating the digital stuff, the in-person things and diversifying what I can do. I've had people reach out to me. They're like, hey, do you do telephone interviews? And I've had to unfortunately turn them down because I just I don't I don't know how, you know, at least not yet. That's one of the things that in year two that I want to figure out. But I had a buddy of mine. It was actually a guy who used to work for me. And now he moved out to Austin. He works for Austin PD. And he's like, hey, I have a friend here who was a pilot in the military and then retired and became a police officer. And he has cancer and he's not doing well. Would you be willing? He's like, I'll pay for the ticket if if you'd be willing to come out here. And I was like, I don't know the logistics of that, but I could figure it out. Let me know if he's even interested. Have you even asked him? 
And so then he got back to me later and he's like, I told him about it and he didn't really say yes or no. And I'm like, okay, well let me know and we'll try and figure it out. I'll, I'll pack all my stuff up and come that way. And then the guy ended up passing away, unfortunately. But yeah, I've, I've had to turn some folks down and just at least put them off until I can figure out this, you know, <laughs> talking to them here, but somehow still being able to record it so that, you know, it's just like, again, it makes me like start to sweat a little bit because <laughs> it's just a lot. It's a lot. You know, I don't think people understand, but I think I have a bachelor's degree in YouTubery at this point because of how much I had to, you know, garage band and my recorder and the microphones and all of that stuff. So it's really not that it is. I guarantee you, this is a lot easier. You just put a mic down, hop on Riverside, hit record, and it does it all. And you can, the, the capturing of it isn't hard. And then now you have the backside for, you know, you drop it on your computer, send it off. It's really not that hard. I, huh. I think you could, you could ramp it up pretty quickly. Wow. Is there a, is there a fee? I know this price is like silly talk, but is there a fees associated with Riverside? I think it's like $29 a month. Okay. Yeah, so. that's about what I pay. I, I use Buzzsprout is my host, and the package that I have allows me 12 hours of content, and sometimes 12 hours works. Sometimes 12 hours doesn't work, and then I have to pay a little bit extra. But it, that's it's about that to use them as my host, and then they're the ones who put my is it URL out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and all those. So which don't well Apple costs, but the others don't. So yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, something to think about. <laughs> Not to add more to your plate or anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so, so how did you, I don't know if I remember from the biography, how you started your business. Yeah. So I technically didn't start a business in the beginning. It wasn't like I had this grand idea to, you know, have this phrase that impacts people in such a deep and meaningful way. But the origins of it go back to about 10 years ago, I bought a one-way ticket to Europe. I was 22 years old and uh, a lot of older friends and family were like, I wish I would have traveled when I was younger. So I listened to them, hopped on a flight and ended up traveling for seven months all around Europe. And through Who that, that? Uh, I <laughs> didn't go to college and I worked. Um, surprisingly, that trip, seven months of travel only cost me $12,000. So, uh, I, yeah, so I worked out of high school and I've always been a good saver and I, you know, um, lived pretty cheaply on the road at hostels and couch surfing and, um, hitchhiking and all that good stuff. And so I, through that was able to meet people from all around the world and, you know, sit across hostel dinner tables, cooking meals and talking about life, wandering the streets. And so I was just really excited about everybody's stories and how all of our stories kind of weave together and the different elements of how, you know, life happens in the same for people from across the world, but also different, but also very similar. And so when I got back to Austin, I spray painted Live a Great Story on a wall here and people just started taking photos of it, sharing it on social media and uh, it kind of started spreading. I made some stickers, started passing them out, made some buttons and shirts and flags and hats and different things like that. And so the message just kind of started spreading. And what happened was kind of like, you know, your flag and the stickers, they made an impact in people's lives. So that phrase reached people at a certain time at a certain place. And it 
uh, either inspired their story or wove into their story in a really unique way. And so then they would send that story back. Like I saw a sticker on a street bridge or, you know, someone gave me a button or, you know, whatever. And here's my story. And so it kind of created this way that I could share those stories and spread those. And, you know, that just created more storytelling and more people bought stuff and more stories came in. And so over the last eight years now, there's been a lot of different versions of Live a Great Story. I've done tons of different things. This is the third round of the podcast. I've hosted tons of live events, um, meetups in different cities and states. I've taken people on trips internationally. Um, I've sold tons of flags and shirts and all the good stuff. And so people have tattoos. It's kind of wild. Uh, and now it's just like this thing that really impacts people. And so it's continually evolving and there's always another step with it. And so this podcast is kind of the next step of like, how can I kind of like you, how can I get these messages out there? Because people send me messages every single day about how Live a Great Story has changed their life or inspired them or impacted them. And they're really deep and meaningful. Like you talked about the cancer stories or, you know, adventure or life decisions or, you know, all sorts of different really cool stories. I'm like, man, like, how do I get these out there further? How can I help amplify people's stories so that those stories can reach other people who are also in a similar life stage or, you know, facing their own unique circumstance, but can be inspired by this other person who is an overcomer or an achiever or, you know, has really pursued something or built something from scratch You know, all these different stories that come to me. It's like, I just want to share, I just want to meet people and listen to their story and then share that so that hopefully that can inspire some more people. That's cool. Eight years, good grief. That's really cool though. Hmm. <laughs> it's been quite the ride. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, one of the things that I want to do in the second year too, is I'm trying to find a company that I like because I mean, anytime you are going to attach yourself to another organization, you have to know that it's just like anything else that, that they're not like off the wall, killing dogs in other countries or, you know, just weird, you know, whatever, but somebody will find something, you know? And so I, I really am looking forward to finding, um, like print on demand, you know what I mean? Like I really would love a print on demand business for stickers cause I have a logo and I've got stickers and I give them to my guests and I'll pass them out to, to friends or listeners, but t-shirts, I've got some cool t-shirt ideas and stickers and I really would love. And in the second year, I want to try and find a way to, to do that so that I can sell these shirts, sell these stickers. And then my business or my podcast becomes self-sustaining. So I, I did just recently, I, I became an LLC and I got my EIN from the federal government. And now I just need to find that company that, that I can trust to make quality, quality products that people would like to wear, you know, and then, um, I'm just constantly playing on the, on the computer and trying to come up with cool ideas and, and just another way to put my sticker or my shirt into somebody's hand to start the conversation or, Hey, what is that about? You know, and then listen to my friend's legacies essentially, you know, to their biographies. If that's, you know, I, I kind of equate the podcast and the idea to, um, like Tom Brokaw's greatest generation. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but he went around and just interviewed world war two veterans and then all of those recordings got sent to the Library of Congress, which I thought was phenomenal. And he wrote a book as well. And so um, I kind of feel like on a little bit of a smaller scale, that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to do 
is uh, get these men and women's stories recorded before I can't and uh, and their loved ones can hear their crazy shenanigans with their own voice, you know? So yeah, that's, that's your two goals that, and maybe adding another guest occasionally and finding a way to do remote interviews so that I can kind of expand. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of shooting fish in a barrel here because <laughs> I know a lot of folks, but yeah, I mean, if I could interview somebody from Texas or California or Washington DC or, you know, from somewhere else, that'd be pretty cool. You can do it. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't think I'm a boomer, but when I when I start sitting here and messing and thinking about this, it's like it makes me sweat. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's, you got it, Brian. I'll spend some more time with quality time with YouTube. I definitely think the shirts and stickers idea is a great one. And <laughs> you would no. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I yeah. live in this world, obviously, right. and yeah. uh, especially, you know, message-driven relatability to your specific audience. You have a, a niche demographic who are all relatable. You're a part of that community, so you are immersed in it and have been immersed in it, so you, you know, kind of fully understand it. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity and, you know, part of what live a great story, the reason that live a great story is so, is so viral is because it, people see it in the world and they see a shirt or they see a hat and they point to it and they say, Hey, what is that? Or I have a story for you or what's your story. And it creates that connection point. And that connection point is possible in a whole bunch of different ways so that if you know you have you said some phrases or some designs or whatever that can come out that can create those sparks of connection between your audience out in the world then that can create those connections that put you in the middle of that spoke right so if people come back to you like yeah this is a podcast i was on or a book that i read or i heard someone share this story on on a podcast and i bought a shirt because i related to then that that's a great tangible way because there's the the virtual way and and we're clicking and watching stuff all day but when you can actually touch something and give something someone like even your books right like i don't know if you've ever actually printed i mean you said you printed some of them out but having those is like a tangible thing to like give to someone then there's something that's real about physical we live in such a digital world but those physical shirts or stickers or books or you know patches or whatever they are can go a long way for branding and spreading your message and then ultimately your podcast and your media and your brand. Right. Which are all things that I don't feel like I know anything about, but I know when I see something, like if I see live a great story, I'm like, Oh, I really like that. So then I try and think of, okay, so if I'm trying to recreate that with the podcast, how, how can I, you know, bring people in? And, you know, fortunately for me, you know, the TV shows, cops and first 48 and live PD, those things already exist. And I'm kind of in that niche, like you said, but audio, but gosh, dang it, man. I mean, some of the stuff, like I feel, <laughs> I sit across the table from some giants and I feel like I didn't do anything in my career when I sit across the table from some of these folks and just hear the harrowing tales, you know, uh, whether it's, uh, things that were heroic or things that were just kind of like, Oh crap, you know, I'm about to get killed. I better do something, you know, or somebody's about to get killed. I better, I better spring forth and do something cool, you know? And so, um, you know, I've found that 
just as, you know, cops and nurses and firefighters and paramedics and, and those, we can kind of get desensitized to seeing pretty bad things on a regular basis. But what I've come to learn also by doing this is that we also become desensitized to recognizing when somebody does something heroic because you just start to see some really cool stuff on a regular basis that you're just like, well, yeah, of course. Of course he did that. Of course he jumped into the burning building and grabbed people out of there because that's what we're supposed to do. And if you like, if you remove yourself like just a little bit, you're like, holy smokes, that was impressive. That was heroic. But most of the men and women too that I speak with would be embarrassed if you drew attention to it. You know, and I think that's what I love about it too because I was the same way. You know, people walk up like, thank you for your service. And you're just like, oh, you feel icky, you know, you're like, well, that's not why I did it, but okay, thank you. I appreciate you just being nice. But uh, yeah, I think we've become a little desensitized even to heroism. So that's one of my props that I send. I used to just ask them cold and I'd get that. So I've actually started sending it, but it's like, what's the best compliment you ever got? And what's the most heroic or courageous thing that you think you ever witnessed? And um, some of the stories are just phenomenal just phenomenal and unexpected too. Sometimes like the compliments don't have anything to do with their profession. Sometimes uh, it has, it's a personal one, you know, it's like you raise some really good kids and they're just respectful young adults. Awesome. You know? (laughs) So uh, yeah, it's been a great time and I'm going to keep doing it for now until it becomes work and I don't like it anymore. And then I'll probably quit. But in the meantime, like I said, I just finished the first year and, and I appreciate this opportunity to hang out with you because this is the first time I've ever been on anybody else's podcast. Hey, welcome. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm always inviting people over, but I've never been on anyone else's. So, yeah. Well, how can people find you, Brian? What's the podcast name and, and what can they search on YouTube or on uh, Amazon for your book? Yeah. So the book, again, is called uh, My Rookie Memoir, A Father's Legacy, and it's on Amazon.com. And of course, if you look up by Brian Parker, you'll find it. And then the podcast, you can go to Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and look for choir practice. And the logo, how sad is that? I don't even have a sticker sitting in front of me. Um, the logo looks like a shield. Yeah, that's really sad. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, there's choir practice. I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. But Instagram, I had to be a little more tech. I had to be a little savvier. So it's um, CP underscore. S-F-A-F, which was Stories from America's Finest. And that's what I was initially going to call the podcast, but that's a lot to say. (laughs) That's a lot to say all the time. So it's choir practice. But yeah, what I started doing, again, to kind of draw on some engagement too, is I was creating a trailer. And the trailer for the episode comes out the Sunday before, when because the episode comes out on Wednesdays. And at first, it was just my logo bouncing around the screen on like, you know, Apple movie or whatever. And I would have a 30 to 60 second clip of audio and it was funniest, scariest, saddest. It was just something that was like a you know a cliffhanger. And then I recently uh, bought a program and now again, another layer and caused me to sweat, but it's, I create a cartoon and you watch the video of this cartoon with the audio from the from the podcast in the background. And to the best of my ability, I try to make the cartoon follow the audio. Now, it doesn't always work because, you know, some of these companies are like, well, we, <laughs> you can't have a decapitated, you know, you can't have an amputated arm. I mean, there's some things that are just not going to translate, but I try my best. And uh, so, yeah, every Sunday on Instagram and Facebook, there's a 
30 to 60 second cartoon as a, as kind of like a, it's a trailer. It's just kind of a get people's attention. So they'll want to hear the rest of the story on Wednesday. So there's a little bit more interaction and I usually am pretty responsive to comments and, and stuff that people make on, on the social media. Cause again, I feel like that's how I get people to engage, you know, and that's it, man. Amazon, Facebook, Instagram. Cool. I know we have a good, good bit of, you know, public servants in the live a great story audience. So I'm sure they're going to be excited to hear about this and we'll check you out and hopefully give you a listen or two. Sweet. Well, now I'm going to be waiting to see, uh, I want to see some comments from you so I can answer you back. (laughs) One last question. What does living a great story mean to you? Well, kind of like what I had wrote when I was trying to become an ambassador, I feel like I wanted to be a cop since I was about 16 years old. And in my mind at the time, it was driving fast, catching bad guys, pointing guns at people. I mean, all the cool stuff that you see on TV. And I feel like throughout my career, because I did those things really well, as a byproduct of that, I also served the public. And I did a really good job. I made it all the way to being a commander on our police department. And I feel like if you do the right things for the right reasons, uh, good things usually come. And so that's why I think I love the live a great story. Cause I feel like so many of my guests didn't start out to try it. <laughs> you know, they just, they, they thought of this job, they thought it'd be fun. And in the meantime, they just lived a tremendous story that a lot of people can only look from the outside in and just be amazed or be in awe, you know? And I think, I guess that's it in a nutshell, man. I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good answer. Awesome. I'm going to send you some stickers. So every time you're, you know, having people look at your binder or whatever the folder was, I'll send you some to pass out to your guests too. Sweet. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. This has been a good call, man. I'm glad that uh, you said yes to the request and it's cool to hear more of your story and I appreciate you being part of the ambassador community and your community and being a voice for other people. I think so much about what live a great story is about is the ripple effect of small actions and, and supporting our, our friends and family and communities and making a positive impact. So you're definitely doing that. Thank you. I appreciate the, uh, the invite. It's always exciting and fun and, and it helps get me a little bit more exposure and gets you some exposure and, and I guess that's what it's all about because the more that people listen, um, the more they can enjoy it. So that's cool. It's fun. It's uh, so far beyond anything I'd ever expected. So, yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun and look forward to keeping in touch. 